Catholic commentary. Spiritual warfare. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Jesus 911. Soul Patrol Jesus 911, two man car. Jess Romero, Eddie Chavez reporting for duty. Eddie, good morning, my friend. Can you hear me? Can Eddie cannot hear me. Okay. Uh, Hello, Rich. Can you guys hear me? I can hear you. Uh, I can hear you. I can hear you, Eddie. Uh, just want to mention before we get on to the show that the month of September is dedicated to the seven sorrows of Mary. Devotion to the sorrows of the Virgin Mary dates back dates back from the 12th century when it made its appearance in monastic circles under the influence of St. Anselm and St. Bernard. The Cistercians and then the Servites undertook to propagate the seven sorrows of Mary. It became widespread in the 14th century and especially the 15th centuries where confraternities of these sorrowful mothers sprang up. Father Chad Ripperger, exorcist, he says, according to the church's tradition, because Our Lady went through different sorrows, she merited different things. One of the things she merited while standing beneath the cross was the ability to reveal hidden things, and she knows them more than anyone else in heaven save God because of her closeness to Him. So, <clears throat> every morning when I get up in the month of September, I am, pay I am praying the seven sorrows of Mary along with my morning prayers. Eddie, uh, can you hear me, my friend? Eddie, are you there? Yes, yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Yep. Okay. Eddie, we want to uh, talk about Dan's book, The Liber Crystal Method, A Field Manual for Spiritual Combat. Let me just give people an overview before we get into the, the whole book. Yes. There are, it's, there's four phases to Father Chad Ripperger's healing, deliverance, and exorcism. Phase one is simply a 30-day prayer protocol. And that's on, on Dan Schneider's book, that's found on page uh, 313, 313, 313 and 314, phase one. It's a 30-day prayer protocol to try to get your life back in order to, again, uh, uh, to get your intellect reordered back to the Catholic faith, back to a relationship with God, to uh, strengthen your will. And 80% of people that do the phase one protocol get delivered from diabolical affliction because this is kind of a medical approach to healing deliverance. Then phase two is the entire book that we have here, the Liber Crystal Method. That's all phase two. The lay people take the person who's possessed or diabolically afflicted through a series uh, through catechesis for 30, the next 30 days. Deep catechesis. They take them through prayers of renunciation, prayers of soul breaking soul ties, prayers of breaking generational spirits. That's where the lay team comes in. The lay team, the lay team takes a person. And they're taking the person through all these renunciation prayers uh, along with the prayer protocol. They're still doing the 30-day prayer protocol with the media fast. Now, now you're into from day 60 to 90. Now, let's say the person still hasn't delivered. The person goes to the parish priest. The parish priest is like the general practitioner. If you get sick, you go to your general practitioner. 
That's what every Catholic person should do. If they get spiritually sick, their general practitioner is their pastor, their parish priest. Okay? Now, now you're up to day 90, from 60 to 90, you're seeing the parish priest. You're still doing the prayer protocol, and you're still being catechized, but now the the uh, the the your pastor, the parish priest, is doing minor exorcisms over you, weekly confession, and he's doing also spiritual direction as well. So now you're up to day 90. By this time, 95 pe- 95% of the people have self-delivered. 95%. About 5% go in past day 90 into the actual rite of exorcism, which is called the solemn rite by the mandated exorcist of the diocese. So there it is. Eddie, it's it's a clean, uh, uh, organized way of driving out the diabolical. Comments? Because I know you've been reading the book. We're going to get right into it. Comments, Eddie? Yeah, Jess. You know, one of the things that I want to mention is the fact that, uh, you know, because the catechesis has been so poor over the last several decades, most people have to be catechized from the very beginning. And this is part of the problem because people don't understand what the Catholic Church teaches uh, essentially in its doctrines and its dogmas. And so people have to be reintroduced to that so that they can understand what they're supposed to be doing. A lot of people have disorder in their life and uh, it takes over at some point. So this is very important, uh, just to the, the, the phase two, which we're going through now. But um, yeah, it's all, it's all basic catechesis we have to remember that once we reorder our life the way it's supposed to be done, then we can self-deliver. And that's the important part of it. Ed, Eddie, how many of all the people you've been dealing with for the last couple of years, and you've dealt with probably hundreds at this point, wouldn't you say that most people that seek help from the church are pathetically uncatechized, people that seek help for the diabolical? Yeah, Jess, I, I agree 110% because, you know, we come from the same area, essentially, Los Angeles. And uh, I know that there's a lot of poor catechesis in Los Angeles. And a lot of them have been to the same uh, uh, organizations, the same people, and they're getting false information. And that's why it's good to go over this book, Jess, so we can define the terms. That's what we're doing right now. And that way people can understand uh, that... Uh, this is not just some crapshoot, Jess. This is something that's very precise, and we have to follow it in order to keep our lives in order. Well, let's jump right into phase two. Uh, <clears throat> let's let's go through some of the definitions of uh, that people hear in spiritual warfare as we uh, continue going through phase two. I think we left off, Eddie, the last time uh, on on what is a manifestation. If you want to define right. what 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 is a manifestation. A manifestation is when a demon shows himself normally in some physical manner. Remember, demons are, are non-corporeal. They have, a, they have no bodies. So when they show themselves uh, in a physical manner, it's through the person that's being uh, that's afflicted. Okay? Mm-hmm. Spir- yep. Spiritual attacks can also, uh, can also cause interior afflictions such as darkness, despair, and sorrow. Father Pamonte cites Father Ant- Antonio Ro- Royal Martin in describing the experience of affliction as profound and unsurmountable repugnance for his duty or an intense desire to do what is prohibited, proposing the mind, proposing to the mind all sorts of illicit and indecent fantasies, which continue regardless of one's uh, efforts to reject 
a sense of anger, doubt, anguish, despair, rebellion, and antipathy. Uh, disproportionate effect, affective impulses which do not correspond to one's personality. So this, is, uh, this manifestation is when a demon uses the rights he's legally obtained to manipulate the body of the afflicted person. That's a manifestation. And it, and it, it causes, uh, it creates confusion, fear, or despair in the person that, that's being afflicted. Yeah, and also Father Bamonte, who, who cited there in the book, he's the one that took over Father Gabriel Amorth's position uh, as the president of the Association of International Exorcists in Rome. So he's uh, he's one of he's one of the he's the the heir apparent to to Father Gabriel Amorth. And uh, it also says there on the manifestation, the following activities create a breach in your perimeter, thus opening the way for the for demonic affliction. In addition, many of these mock sacraments on the various sacramentals that seek to bring grace to the soul. So let's define, Eddie, affliction, because that's a, that's a typical word that Father Chad Ripperger uses. And the reason he uses affliction, it means sickness, because since when people come to the parish and, and they ask for help, there's not a thermometer where you can put on somebody and say, okay, let me see how much demon you have. So... So since there's no thermometer to say, well, you got 99.9, you got 101, you got 102, uh, a, a demon fever. Uh, since there's no way of measuring the amount of diabolic the person has, so Father will just use the word diabolic affliction, which means they're diabolically sick. Now, he'll change it to possession once it's been certified by the, by the exorcist and maybe by a psychiatrist uh, that it's a certified case of possession. Uh, but uh, but for for most for most part the word diabolical affliction includes everything possession obsession and and uh, and oppression. So Eddie, uh, define a, affliction for us. Right, affliction, uh, physical and or mental distress experienced by a human being may have differing and multiple causes ranging from purely psychological to purely spiritual. Generally speaking, there is a combination of causation and augmentation where the demons fill the void. Essentially, just this affliction, this is a term used to describe the amount of legal rights you've given away to the enemy yeah. uh, in, in the spiritual battle you're engaged in. Yeah, that's right. So let's, uh, let's define the term astrology, Eddie. What's astrology? Astrology is a pseudoscience which professes to judge the alleged occult influence of the stars upon human affairs. And if anybody's ever heard of astrological science, that's what they're dealing with here. People have to study this in order to get afflicted. <laughs> yeah. So the Catholic Church doesn't promote astrology. We do promote astronomy. astronomy. That's yeah. that's science. Astrology uh, is 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 more superstitious. Eddie, so up. Uh, Here's a term in the book, uh, not very familiar with people. What is a clinging spirit? Ah, hearing the music. You're listening to Jesus 911 Two Man Car. We're talking about the terms in spiritual warfare. Very important. We got to get our terms down because then we're not going to understand the conversation. We'll be back defining the terms in spiritual warfare. Stick around. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, 
Dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. We're talking about uh, the Catholic version of P90X. You know, those young guys, they say, in 90 days, I'm going to get in shape and I'm going to get all buffed out. And a lot of them do, you know, because... Uh, there's a there's an old saying the 2190 rule. If you do something for 90 days straight, it becomes habituated in the brain and in the mind. And now you'll do that for the rest of your life. So it's it's called the 2190 rule. This has been studied. This is why there's also a, and there's a spiritual component amongst a lot of Catholic men around the country. They start doing what's called Exodus 90. You know, they start texting, "Hey man, let's start on this date, Exodus 90," and they go for 90 days. And it's hardcore Catholicism. I've done it before. Cold showers. Uh, you know, meet, uh, uh, you can only read spiritual books, uh, you know, protocols of prayer. It's, uh, you know, fasting Wednesdays and Fridays. It's, uh, yeah, it, it's pretty intense and it does, it does reorient your intellect and your will. Well, that's exactly what father Ripperger's done. He's taken the science of what happens in the brain in 90 days and he's, and he's made a program out of it. Phase one, phase two, phase three, phase one, 30 days. Phase two, 60 days. Phase three, 90 days. Guess what? By the time you're in phase three, 95% of people that have been diabolically afflicted, boom, they're set free. They're liberated. They're delivered. They're, they're, you know, it's all, and now they've learned how to pray. They're catechized. They live a clean life. They're not sleeping with their girlfriend. They've got their, their marriage blessed in the church. All those things have been taken care of in 90 days. And for the very, very, very few cases that are full possession, uh, you go into past 90 days into the rite of exorcism with the Catholic priest uh, who's got the mandate from the bishop. So, Eddie, we're talking about terms here because we throw a lot of terms around. We want the audience to know what we're talking about. So what is a clinging spirit? Yes, a clinging spirit is an evil spirit that has become attached to an individual, normally sticking to him from the outside without actually possessing or obsessing the individual. Just this type of spirit, I've learned that um, often attaches to a different type of spirit that the afflicted person's already dealing with. So it's something that uh, somebody recognizes in the team that that uh, there's a clinging spirit that needs to be rejected as well. Yeah. And again, think about these clinging spirits like a, a, a demon that's hanging around you. Okay. Clinging. That, you know, that's that's a good way. It's not in the body. That's possession. It's not in the body. But let's just say you went with a couple of buddies. Your wife was out of town or at visiting her parents over the weekend. And so you went with a couple of buddies to a gentleman's club. And you're watching all kinds of naked women dance. And you're getting all tanked up. And you're like, oh, man, I'm glad my wife doesn't know I'm here. But you entered a place where there's all kinds of demons in there. There's all kinds of evil spirits. Guess what? You took one home with you. That's called a clinging spirit. Now you've got a friend that you took home with you. And, uh, and that's what happens when you go to places where much evil has done. Eddie, I know a, 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 a back at our old parish, Garden Angel. I'll just keep it very. There was a young lady there, a young couple that had, had come into the Catholic Church. They uh, really opened their heart to Christ, went to a retreat, and really changed their lives and started becoming practicing Catholics. Um, and, uh, I, I sat down with her and she told me, she, uh, she says, you know, I made a lot of mistakes in, in my past and I'm so glad that I've discovered Jesus in the Catholic faith. She told me that she danced. She was a, a dancer in a nightclub. She danced naked for 
three or four years. And uh, one of the, and those nightclubs right there on Sepulveda Boulevard. And she told me who she worked for. It was a huge black rapper. You know, he 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 owns some of these nightclubs and and this black rapper in, in Los Angeles. And she worked for him. So she says she she would also have to put out for him, and then also dance at night. She says I was I was coked up for th- basically three years. Every night when I went, I was completely coked up. Uh, and and she said, I, I said, what finally made you stop? She said, you know. My parents were praying for me. They knew they knew that I was doing something, things that were wrong. Uh, she said, what happened one night as I was dancing, and I'm looking at 30 guys in this club watching me, and I'm dancing, pole dancing naked. She said, I looked. I'm under the influence of Coke. She, she said, when you walk in, all the girls, there's a, there's a table in the back room, and there's na- all the narcotics you want, and you're expected to use them. And she goes, and you have to kind of use it before you go on stage. You can't dance there around a bunch of men. If you're not under the influence. So she goes, we all get coked up. We put all this stuff in our body, then take our clothes off, then go on to the stage. She told me this one given night, God gave her a grace, even under the influence. She said, she she says, uh, as she looked at all the men and she was dancing, all their faces turned into a goat's face. Everybody in the room, their face turned to a goat's face. Then she said, she looked down at their feet she said, and every man in the gentleman's club, the nightclub, and gentleman's club, yeah, right, in the nightclub, um, their feet turned to ho- hooves, goat hooves, everybody. She said, I ran, uh, she said, I was scared straight immediately, immediately. Uh, I became sober, ran out of the stage, grabbed my clothes, never came back. Uh, went to Garden Angel Mass on a Sunday, saw the flyer. There's an evangelization retreat. You want to open your heart to Jesus? I signed up, and she says the rest is history. Yes, you know, I think the average Catholic parish has people like this that are just waiting to come in. They're waiting for that grace that you described, because it was a grace, Jess. When you're able to see something, whether or not you're on coke or not, and you're able to see something like that, um, you, you, you're going to be scared straight. That's all there is to it. And if you run to your, your local parish, chances are you're going to be given something that will help you. In this case, we're dealing with somebody that never learned uh, how bad it was uh, to, to be involved in this kind of activity. They never learned that you could uh, get demons from this type of activity. And you know what, Jess? Now she knows, and now she knows what to avoid. But um, yeah, I think the average parish has a lot of stories just like this one. And Eddie, and the point that I brought this story up is because I have no doubt that every man that attends these places, guess what? You take home a clinging spirit. There's all kinds of demons there, and you're going to take a friend home with you, uh, and he's going to be hanging around with you, and you're going to be a case. You're going to be diabolical. Yeah. That, that's the point that I'm making. You can't no, go to a place I, I, like this a, and not take not take a cleaning a clinging spirit with you. Just uh, that just proves the untruth of the of the saying. What happens in Vegas or what happens at the nightclub stays at the nightclub. <laughs> it doesn't stay. That's not true, Jeff. That's a, a, a clear untruth. Believe me. Yeah, because you take a demon, a clinging spirit with you. All right, what's, right. What's another definition people need to learn? Okay, a curse. This is something very. Interesting common. to me. This is commentary. This is commentary. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's read it here. It says, 
also called a hex, uh, the intention of harming another through diabolic intervention, using black magic to bring misfortune or even death to the victim. A malediction or spell usually spoken, a counterfeit or inverse of, of a blessing which is made present or causes affliction to the extent one's relationship with God is impaired. The individual must have a spiritual vulnerability to suffer the effects of a curse. Unforgiveness is the greatest vulnerability to curses. Ooh, haven't you seen that before, Eddie? Yeah, you know, Jeff, I have a, I have a story that goes along with this curse. Um, recently, uh, a mother came to us, and she told us that her uh, young youngster, this daughter of hers, was fainting in school, passing out, etc. Uh, the, the young girl is like 12 years old. Uh, the mother worked nights and often let the girl um, uh, stay with her caretakers, a lot of times overnight. Uh, investigation revealed that the caretakers themselves were the victims of a demonic curse by a third-party family member. Okay, mm. so the other third-party family member uh, continue, was continuing the prayers and was afflicting this little girl. And um, I'll tell you, Jess, the uh, uh, when he was when, when father prayed over this girl and she um, told him, and she, it was this demon because as soon as he talked to her eyes back of the head, and she went into her manifestation, she uh, said it was Makumba, what the black magic, the type of black magic that was used to curse wow. her. Very interesting case. A, curl, a, a, a young girl wouldn't, wouldn't be that sophisticated to know those things at that age. Yeah, just, and I think the curse was done in, 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 uh, at an age when she was you know, before the age of reason, so that wasn't her fault. It's, it's the caretakers who were victims that were helping to continue the, uh, the, uh, the curse prayer, the prayer for the curse. And again, just, uh, you know, just so people don't get scared out of their wits. If you're in a state of sanctifying grace, right. the curse won't take effect. Okay. That's, that's right in the Bible. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not my opinion. This is scriptural. Uh, you know, God, God talks about it very clearly. Uh, he says, uh, those who bless you, I will bless those who curse you. I will curse and so you're protected if you live in a state of sanctifying grace. If you're in a mortal sin, uh, trust me, the, the effect of the curse will take, absolutely will take. That's why it's a good idea. One of the prayers that I pray every morning is called prayer against evil. You, it's, uh, it's on my prayer book, Father Ripperger's prayer book. It's here in your iPhone. It's a prayer that I pray every morning as part of my morning prayer. It's called prayer against every evil spirit. And there, it's a prayer that I pray in case. Here's a here's a here's a sentence. Uh, uh, it's um, Most Holy Trinity, Immaculate Virgin Mary, angels, archangels, and saints of heaven, descend upon me, please pure. And I'll say us. I, I include Anita because I'm married. I'll say, uh, descend upon us, please purify us, uh, mold us, fill us with Thyself, and use us. Banish all the forces of evil from us. Destroy us. Vanquish, vanquish them. Vanquish. Destroy them. Vanquish them so that I can do healthy things and, and, and do thy holy will. Banish from us all spells, witchcraft, black magic, malefice ties, maledictions, uh, the evil eye, diabolical infestations, curses. So it's just a prayer that's a good deliverance prayer for you, especially as a man, to be praying this every day. And I, I would just, if you're married, include us. That's you and your wife. Uh, start your day. Just I would just say, put that one into your war bag 
as part of your morning prayers. It's called Prayer Against Every Evil. You can virtually get it in every prayer book that I've ever seen. Uh, but Eddie, want to go on to the next definition? Yeah, just let's talk about divination. Divination, the act of foretelling the future or discovering the unknown through the aid of evil spirits. This is a species of superstition and always a grave sin against the virtue of religion. Jess, how many people were uh, afflicted, uh, you know, gave away some part of their of the grace that they've been given uh, to, to a fortune teller? Now read my palm. Read mm. these tarot cards. Uh, those, those things that people do, Jess, and, and I have to say, I'm not sexist, neither are you, uh, but but um, Ray, a, a huge portion of these people are women. And I don't know why that is, other than the fact that, uh, you know, I, there's, a, there's an exorcist that says uh, Adam and Eve uh, actually, you know, sinned together, but uh, Eve didn't make, didn't, didn't commit the worst sin. It was Adam because the... Uh, uh... We'll be back, Eddie. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. We'll be back. <laughs> All right. Yep. Yep. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Two-man caller, Jesus 911, talking about all things uh, spiritual warfare. <clears throat> Eddie and I are spending uh, probably the next couple of months, we're going through phase two of, 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 of the book, The Liber Crystal Method, a field manual for spiritual combat. And the reason is, is because anybody... Anybody can do this. If you feel that you have some type of diabolic affliction, you get this book, you can do the phase one protocol yourself. And you have to, you have, to have some discipline, which is on page three, uh, 313. And then once you do that for 30 days, you could do phase two yourself. Go through the whole book. Do break all. It, it, there's a bunch of just renunciation prayers every chapter. You, renun, you know, you do uh consecrate your 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 goods to a mary there's a lot of prayers that you that are going to bump up your game and you're going to get catechized at the same time deep examination of conscience the 10 commandments and once you go through that a lot of people can self deliver and so this isn't rocket science uh eddie you're talking about you you gave the definition of divination or and and that divination by the way, that's the number one reason why people get possessed or diabolically afflicted at a high level is because they're, they're, what they're doing is they're going to false gods. They're going to false deities to try to get some help. You know, new age gurus, uh, you know, shamans, uh, you know, reiki hand healers, etc. And what it is, 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 is this is a form of idolatry. You're, you're seeking, you're trying to seek uh, the grace of God or the help of God or, 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 you know, by going through divination and superstitious practices. And don't, don't get, we even have people in the Catholic church that can't get this right. I mean, the whole Pachamama incident in the Vatican, that was a classic case of idolatry. I'm just wondering right now how many people that were around and participated are diabolically afflicted today, or may have even got possessed. That was a, an egregious offense against God, Eddie. Yes, it was. And you know what? At least a clinging spirit. That's at least a clinging <laughs> spirit hanging out of some of these people. 
But uh, no, just, I mean, that's exactly right. What that is, it's, it's just uh, ignoring the first commandment. You know, God says, I'm a jealous God. That's the reason he wants us to pay attention to him, not to false deities that are going to, you know, it's going to be over. You have to pay for it. It's over when they, 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 they deal the cards. And so just uh, that's what we're talking about here. Ignoring the first commandment and, uh, and being involved in those type of activities. It, it'll, it'll work every time if you let them. Yeah. And uh, Eddie, uh, at the age of 17, I remember <laughs> there was a, uh, a female adult that took me to a witch. First and only time. I'm 62 now. <clears throat> and uh, this uh, this female uh, who was a bad influence in my life at the age of 18. She was probably, you know, in her mid 20s, late 20s. And uh, she says, oh, this uh, this this person, a friend of mine will, will tell you your future and, and, and you'll have good luck. That, And so I reluctantly went. It was right there in San Fernando. In fact, Eddie was right across the street from. Um, from the barbershop, what's uh, the Quatis Barbershop? Oh, yeah, yeah. right, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not there no more. It was right across the street from there. So I went in, and I sat down in the chair, and there's candles, and it's dark. There's red and black background, just like just like Biden's speeches. That's the way it looked like in there. And uh, and I remember she goes, oh, and, and she came in. She, had, she looked like, you know, uh, who's that uh, woman that dresses in lit? Uh, in, oh, uh, Elvira, the, the Elvira, yeah, the yeah, yeah, just dr- dressed like that, la- real lacy, l- long hair, uncombed, and uh, and I remember she says, "Okay, well, your friend brought you over here, and let, let me read your hand." Immediately, when she went to she went to grab my hand, I pulled my hand away. I was seventeen years old. I said, "This is crazy. I don't believe in this stuff. This is," I said something like, "This is garbage," and I I stormed out. Never walked back in there. Never have been to a, a, a another place like that again. Uh, it was just the census fidei by my mom and dad's prayers that wow. just something immediately, I just got a grace. Pull your hand away. Get up and get out of here. This is fake. There's something weird about this. I couldn't put my hand on it. It's, uh, my, 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 I couldn't put my... You know, my finger on it, at, uh, on the pulse of the problem at the age of 17. But something told me, this is off, this is not Catholic, and I stormed out of there. So, yeah, so I've been into one of those shops. Yeah, Jess, you know what? You were one step away from uh, having a, a clinging demon or even uh, having some <laughs> other demon attached to you. I mean, that's that's a danger of these places. Of oh, people yeah. Open with the intention, that's that's uh, that's very serious. Yeah. That's like, okay, Eddie, what's another definition we need to know? Another definition is dolor. Uh, obviously, our, our Latin uh, uh, culture kicks in here. Dolor, uh, of pain. Uh, this is a form of extraordinary diabolical influence, which influence which consists of demons acting physically on the flesh of the person in such a way to cause pain and even at times bruising and lacerations. Uh, just you know, if you've been in this ministry any length of time. You've seen these things, uh, whether they be scratches that look like claw marks on somebody's chest, uh, whether it be um, uh, a, a bite. Uh, you know, I remember seeing the movie um, The Right, and uh, that movie The Right, it had a little boy that was bitten by a, by a horse. Uh, and if you remember, the horse had a certain uh, uh, bite that you could tell it was, uh, was not human. These are the things that happen when uh, Dolor comes into your, uh, into your life. These are physical signs of demons acting on the flesh of afflicted persons in order to cause pain and convince that person uh, the influence is worsening. It's getting worse. That's what the uh, the message is. There was a good friend of mine when I still lived in Silmar before I moved out here. Not, 
knocked on my door at probably, you know, 11 o'clock at night. My Somebody's pounding on my front door. I'm like, what? I went down there with my gun, opened the door. It's a good friend of mine. I don't want to mention his name here. You know him, Eddie's real. You know him very well. He's there with his wife. They're shaking in my porch. Jess, Jess, I need your help. I said, come on in. I said, you know, it was raining outside, I remember. And he said, Jess, Jess, my, my wife, every single every single night she wakes up and with scratches all over her body. In fact, he, and he goes, we were taking a shower together. And she goes, can you wash my back? I said, yeah, sure, honey. So I'm washing her back. He goes, and as I'm washing her back, I see three scratches that rake across her back in front of me while we're in the shower. And they were so thick, the skin popped up and bled. And I mean, this this guy, it scared the bejeebies out of this guy. He put on his clothes. They came over to my house because they know I'm a practicing Catholic. And I sat there. And again, just debate. So, okay, brother, you know, and we went to Santa Rosa together, Catholic school. I said, are you are you and your wife going to mass? No, we haven't been to mass in 10 years. Okay, check. I said, well, what about confession? I've been to confession in 20 years. And I, I looked at him, Eddie, and I scolded him because he was he was a fellow Catholic Santa Rosa school, you know, uh, classmate of mine. And I'm saying, of course things are like this are going to happen. You're away from Jesus, prayer, the sacraments. What do you expect? I mean, I ended up spending the next 30 minutes just uh, uh, scolding him. But he, he, w- he was telling me, the stuff that he sees on his wife's body, the attacks on her body. Uh, and I said, yeah, uh, the, uh, unless you return to the Catholic faith, you and your wife, I said, this is going to continue happening. I lost contact with him, so I don't know what's happening with him. But yeah, this the attacks on the body, these are, and, he, and even pr- people like you and I that are involved in, 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 in this apostolic work of helping people, we get attacked. I mean, sure. uh, I'm still dealing... I, I, I got uh, shingles about a year and a half ago. Now I've got neuropathy. I've had, uh, you know, uh, prostate problems. I mean, it, it's like uh, the more I help people, the more my body breaks down. But I'm okay That's with it, it because, because you know what? Because it, it, it just gives me a chance to, to enter into redemptive suffering for those people I'm helping, for my wife, for my kids, for my grandkids. So I get it. I'm the patriarch, you know. Uh, somebody's got to suffer. I'm the St. Joseph of the family. I'm the Christ of the family. Ephesians 5.22, you know, Christ is the head, is is the bride of the church. And I'm, and and so I'm the head of this family. And so if God allows demons to afflict me, Hey, so, so be it. I'm just going to turn these things around and, uh, and, and offer them back to God for, for, for in reparation of my sins and the sins of my family. Yeah, Jess, you know what? You're right. That that happens a lot. Uh, what happened to me, Jess, real briefly, I had three strokes. I had three strokes. The last stroke, they went in and they removed it from my brain. So I'm blessed by God. But you know what? I'm back doing this work, Jess. And I'm into, I'm, I'm taking blood thinners. So I'm into redemptive suffering. That's absolute truth. And uh, you know what, Jess? I, I, I find it an honor to do this type of work just because of that. Because I'm able to do something that I wouldn't have been able to do otherwise. That is suffer for my family and do something that that uh, and help people that that uh, need to help very badly, very badly. A- Amen. Yeah. Eddie, give us give us another definition of uh, uh, the uh, incantation. What's the definition of incantation? The incantation is the use of a ceremony and formula of words spoken or chanted to produce a magical effect. This is often done in witchcraft to conscript a demon. 
just these are these are uh, incantations. Sometimes these incantations are spoken or chanted by unsuspecting victims uh, during a ritual ceremony. I remember we had a case just where there was an individual that came in, and he was an actor, just kind of a a, a character actor. And at this at this particular movie, they had him uh, lay in a coffin, uh, and they closed the coffin on him, uh, which he didn't know. But they closed the coffin on him, and after that, he heard a bunch of voices going on. And uh, he was able to open the coffin door, or not the door, but the, uh, the lid, and all these people were marching or walking around chanting some things all over this guy, and he mm -hmm. became afflicted, Jess. He, he became afflicted because they were actually doing something that was very accurate in this movie, which was uh, doing some kind of evil chant, and uh, that was enough to uh, afflict this individual. And so, yeah, he um, he became afflicted by being an actor. Can you imagine how many Hollywood actors are afflicted, Eddie? Just Absolutely. around that environment. I, I've talked to you know a couple of A-list actors, and they've told me, Jess, Hollywood uh, and is full of um, Satanists, witches, and homosexuals. That that's the cabal that runs it. And so you know you know people you know A-list actors that are good Catholics. Obviously, you know who they are. Yeah, uh, yeah. They've told me this is uh, th th this is you. You have to be in a state of grace because it's easy to take a clinging spirit home when you go to these, you know, when you go to these uh, sets to, to to make a movie. All right, yep. You're, yep. You're listening to Jesus Nine One One Two Man Car talking about all things spiritual warfare here. Remember, the month of September is dedicated to the Seven Sorrows of Mary. Do not forget to pray your rosary every single day. We'll be right back. Stick around. Now, back to Jesus 911. If this call is not an emergency, dial 888-526-2151. Soul Patrol, Jesus 911. A two-man car, Jess Romero, Eddie Chavez, talking about all things spiritual warfare. Eddie, on the last segment, you talked about uh, uh, the definition of uh, incantation. is uh, when, when people are involved in incantations, this conscripts a demon. People don't realize how serious this is. Uh, this, this, this whole incantations that conscript a demon. This, this is basically a military term. It means uh, you've uh, you've drafted somebody for military service, or you've enrolled or recruited somebody for military service. So these incantations are very powerful. Your these incantations have the power to get these demons to start doing some your bidding and and uh and afflicting the person that you're uh, that you're conscripting constrict conscripting them against and uh, it it goes to show you that satanists and witches they know the power they try to imitate the catholic faith with with liturgical prayers they do they do what we call they do incantations but it would be similar to what we would call liturgical prayers or even chant it's it's a mimic of chanting, and it's yes. a mimic of our liturgical prayers. Everything that they do is a mimic of Catholicism, not Protestantism or Judaism or Islam. Eddie, yeah, here's this. Yeah, yep, that's it. I mean, and you know, you have to understand it's a it, it's a mocking of of everything holy, and, and it's for the opposite. It's for they invert everything. So everything that that's like this with the Catholic faith, they subvert it, they they invert it, and it becomes. Uh, uh, curses. That's what it is, essentially. 
Yeah. Here's, uh, here's another couple of yeah. terms, Jess. Yeah. So a couple of terms here, uh, incubus and succubus, demons who have sex with women and men. Jess, these are demons that, uh, that can uh, visit afflicted people, usually during the night, and they seduce yeah. these humans who are already being afflicted into further demonic uh, affliction through sexual relations. And this is very serious, yes, when this happens, because uh, uh, when somebody has a sexual intercourse, it, it, it ties a person to a person. But this is sex with a demon. And that's something that's uh, that can be very serious. Yeah, this is this is something that's mind blowing, by the way, you know, when you when you yes. think about it. Uh, and yeah, and these demons, they descend upon you generally, you know, at nighttime when you're asleep. And uh, the the incubus is the demon that has sex with intercourse with women and the succubus is a demon that has sexual intercourse with men i've i've uh, dealt with cases on both there was this one young lady young pretty lady in high school uh who was uh very descriptive and uh, and, and told me the way she was attacked at night uh by this uh this spirit that took on the form of a beautiful young man and j- jumped on top of her and uh this young woman told me physically penetrated me and she was a virgin by the way eddie there is another guy another man that i know good catholic man daily mass serious catholic but he kind of uh you know slipped and 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 uh and you know fell into mortal sin uh kind of let his guard down he told me that he was attacked in his bedroom he told me he was sodomized by a demon. And this is a guy that's a serious Catholic, you know, been helping in the church for decades, prays in front of abortion clinics, got his head on straight. Uh, and when he told me this, he started crying. He literally started crying. You could see he was reliving it. I said, dude, you don't have to tell me. I don't need to know. He goes, I need to get it off my chest. Just he was reliving the nightmare. And then he looked at me, he goes, you and he, he was he's kind of a big macho guy too. I, you know, and I couldn't believe that he went there, but he did. And he says, you still don't believe me. Jess?" I said, no, no, I believe you. I said, just stay in a state of grace and this thing won't come back. He goes, yeah, he goes, I know, you know, you, you don't believe me. I ended up going to the doctor. I went to the ER room here in Phoenix. Uh, and I, and the doctor room street, I got the medical papers. I was sodomized. I've got the medical papers. And he told me, it was this this was it was a spirit came into the room uh and took the form of a human person and and got him and threw him on his stomach and sodomized him he's got the me- so the the point is this is absolutely true uh again i've asked father ripperger how is it that angels and demons will take on a human body he goes by god's divine permission everything happens with god's divine permission why does he allow that? Above our pay grade, we'll, know, we'll, we'll probably never know in this lifetime. So, Eddie, what's another term that we need to know? Yeah, that's, that's amazing just when you uh, examine uh, a non-corporeal being, somebody that without a body can uh, commit that kind of violent uh, sexual abuse on somebody uh, in reality. That's crazy. Just and, the next, and, uh, what, and, and, yeah. You know what? There kind of is a verse that does explain it. Let, let me bring it yeah. up my... In yes. the book of in the book of Hebrews chapter thirteen, it says, um, 
uh, it says, watch, I'm going to paraphrase. It says, watch the way you treat strangers because you can be entertaining an angel. Watch the way you treat strangers because you could actually be entertaining an angel. And so again, even in the old Testament, remember the angels that went to Sodom, uh, the city of Sodom, they took on a physical form. Uh, in fact, even the people, uh, the homosexual people there, they started knocking at uh, lots door, open up, open up those guys that just walked in there. Those guys that just walked in, we want to have sex with them. Okay, so these angels that came from heaven, they took on a physical form and the men in Sodom wanted to sodomize them because the Bible says they look like young men. And so you could also see, again, even St. Padre Pio talked about pure spirits who physically beat him. He wrote letters on this. They left marks and bruises on him. And so this tells me what? That these demons took on a physical body or inhabited a body to beat up St. Padre Pio. He wrote letters about this. And, and so uh, even I'm looking at St. Thomas, uh, Summa Theologica, question 51, article 2. Uh, he's, he explains that, yeah, angels are non-materially intelligent beings. They have no corporeal bodies and are pure intelligence. However, St. Thomas says that angels, here it is, can assume physical bodies. They do not take over an existing physical body, but they manipulate matter so as to assume a physical appearance that is visible yet consistent with angelic character. Now, that gives me a charity horse, but St. Thomas just says that they can do this, Eddie. Yeah, Jess, you know, that's, you know, a lot of the saints <laughs> experience the same thing. St. John Vianney, when the devil jumped on his bed and, and, and started a fire in his room, all these things are occurring to the saints. Now, when it happens like the one that you described, the gentleman you described, being uh, sodomized by somebody, you have to stop and think, what happened there? What what's going? Like you said, we'll never know in this life, but it's 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 very an intellectual thing to try to consider how those things happen. But uh, it's by like you said, it's by God's divine permission these occur, and it's for a reason. It's to bring a, a better good out of it, whatever that good might be. Yeah, I can tell you one thing without going into detail. This this guy, uh, this guy, he's had a healing and deliverance ministry in his house for like 30 years. And so everybody around here in the diocese kind of know, they go, oh yeah, 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 go to this guy. He'll drive out demons. He's got the gift. He's got the gift. So he's been doing this for like over 30 years. And I've I've talked to him about this. I said, hey bro, this is dangerous what you're doing. Oh, I go to daily mass. I read my Bible every day. I'm in a state of grace. I said, dude, you can't be, you're not a priest. You can't be having people over your house on Tuesday nights to drive out demons. I got the gift, Jess, I got the gift. And, and Eddie, I've had, I've had real heart to heart talks with him and I'm, I've made progress with him. Uh, and he's told me he's been attacked several, the story that I told you goes, this has happened probably about a dozen times. He goes, well, I have to go, I have to go take myself to the hospital because I get, got raped. I said, haven't you made the connections how this is happening? You're a holy guy. You go to daily mass. I said, you're being retaliated against, dude, because you're stepping out of your lane of authority. You have no authority to do what you're doing. Uh, and, and now he's got full dementia. And he's, uh, he's, he's like my age, Eddie. He's my, got my age. He, 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 and I'm saying these physical attacks that you're getting, dude. I said, you're opening the door to diabolic retaliation because you're, st- you're functioning as a Catholic priest, but you don't have holy orders, dude. 
It's like a, a, a you know a, a, a guy being acting like a cop with a fake with a fake uh, you know metal toy bag. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, just yeah. This is. Can you imagine what what a what a blessing that would have been to a, a, a deliverance or or exorcism team that he could have been on? He could have had uh, helped the priest. You know, yeah. this is what God yeah, wanted. Yeah, because from he was him, right? fearless. He was fearless and courageous. He was. There you go. There but you he go. paid a price for it, Eddie. Yeah. That's incredible. That's an incredible uh, story, Chris. Uh, all right, brother. Give one more one more definition. We'll wrap it up. Okay. The last one is infestation. This is extraordinary diabolical activity on a location which may be as various as a house, uh, a pet, a vehicle, an object of art, etc. Usually indicative of a malefice uh, or a curse. So just these are, this is what people say, can a pet be uh, 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 possessed? No, but it can be infested. The, the, yes, yes. These things can be infested by by uh, by, by a demon. And uh, so, the, you know, essentially you see the same kind of demonic displays, but it's not a possession. Yeah. And Eddie, also something interesting about infestation, even toys can get infested. There's a famous movie that's based uh, it's called Chucky Doll. It's based on several actual cases of exorcism around the country where dolls have... Uh, Dr. Dan Schneider, he, one of his cases, uh, uh, the, the person got possessed through uh, you know, uh, having this Chucky doll and having conversations with him. And so, yeah, uh, even even toys and, and uh, can get infested by demons. Eddie, I think yes, that's a wrap, brother. Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. No, no, I was just going to say, sometimes we ask the people to come to the church of uh, things in their house that are unholy. So it's it's unholy decor. Sometimes these things are to uh, toys or whatever. Yeah. That's right. Well, you've been listening to Jesus Not One. Hope you enjoyed it. We enjoy it. De Eddie and me, we're going, we're just taking it slow here. We're sharing, we're, we're talking about stories. We're giving the theology of spiritual warfare based on, on the phase two protocol of uh, Father Ripperger. And uh, again, the, what's the goal in life? Get to heaven. Live in a state of grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Pray a rosary every day. Read, go to Mass as often as possible. Read the daily Mass readings if you can't get to Mass. Uh, make sure that you're adding uh, penance and fasting to your prayer life. Make sure penance and fasting is, is part of your prayer life. Remember, that's one of the only ways you can drive out demons, according to Mark 9, 29. And uh, try to go, to go to confession at least once a month. I went this Saturday. Feels good. Try it. <laughs> All right. All right, brother. Amen. Hey, uh, up next, Gary Machuda, hands-on apologetics, coming to us from the Midwest Command Center. As for Eddie and myself, we are EOW, end of watch. We are out. See you next time.